Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. All right, Brad, I see in here you have some follow-up about Docking Bay 7 and food item name changes again. Well, what else are they doing? You know, so a little bit of a little bit of changing wasn't enough. So they had to, they had to. They're tweaking. They're tweaking. So I will say that these changes don't seem as bad to me because we didn't go from braised shock roast or whatever to pot beef pot roast. Uh, but we did get changes from Bright Sun's morning to Bright Sun's breakfast platter because morning. Isn't Bright Suns what they say, like, as a greeting? Yes. In Galaxy's Edge? Yes. Though not at night. I feel like at night they said something about the moon. Now that you, now that you bring that up. But yes, the majority of the time it was Bright Suns. Dim moons. I don't think that's what it was. So that's been changed to breakfast platter, I guess, because morning was confusing. Then Rising Moon's Oats. Rising Moon's. There you go. That's what they said. <laughs> uh, to Tug's Overnight Oats. So again, th- this, these are two name changes just to clarify they, that's what, what they feel the like, thing but, is. And then, the, and then the final one is Mustafarian Lava Roll to Mustafarian Cinnamon Roll. <laughs> so that one is the only one. Okay, so... They change it from Mustafar and Lava Roll, and the subtitle is Sweet Galactic Delight. That's pretty vague. And so they change it to Mustafar and Cinnamon Roll, and it still says Sweet Galactic Delight, although now it's capitalized, which is funny. But really, what more do you need to know at the point where they've said Cinnamon Roll? Right. So all they, all they needed to do for that one was change the subtitle to say Cinnamon Roll. So I don't, this one, you said this one's not as bad. This one feels more egregious to me because like you had, so you used to have Rising Moons Overnight Oats. Well, no, Rising Moons Oats. No, it's called Rising Moons Overnight Oats. Oh, good point. Sorry, that's on, that's on Disney Food Blog. It's not on me. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm looking at the raw menu. Now it's Tug's Overnight Oats. Like, what's the difference? Well, so they also did change up the stuff in there, right? Because the Rising Moons had dragon fruit, yogurt, and seasonal fruit, whereas Tug's Overnight Oats comes with a mango smoothie and mixed fruit. So, so they're changing up the stuff in, in it as well. I, don't, I, felt, I found this less egregious because Tug is ostensibly somebody who has something to do with uh, Galaxy's Edge. And Bright Suns was kept and Mustafarian was kept. Like, to me, this felt more like, and, and I don't know how you would have done this with the lunch and dinner, you know, because I don't know how you get Yip Yap uh, to, you know, get the word chicken into Yip Yap, fried yeah. Tip Yip or Yip Yap, Tip Yip, Tip Yip, yeah. Tip Yip. Tip Yip Yap. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how you get that in there, but I feel like there would be some way if there was some way of doing it, it would feel more like this, where you're at least, you're keeping some sense of whimsy in there. Right. And Mustafar is the uh, planet, the lava planet that Darth Vader lives on. That's where he and Obi-Wan fought. Anakin and Obi-Wan fought and Anakin, you know, was burned. Oh, you're talking, about, now, you're talking about the high ground place. Uh, yes. 
and and now that's where Darth Vader lives. And so the Mustafarian lava roll makes more sense because it's a lava planet. But I do appreciate that they kept Mustafar in there, and you know, Bright Suns and overnight, er, and uh, you know, it's Tug who is a character. So I do appreciate that. I just I don't know. It's just more. I guess more of the same. More taking the some of the fun out. At least there's more fun left over. I think you're you're right. You've you've swung me around. I don't see, and that's that's the thing. Like I don't see this as taking the fun out. Maybe tempering the fun, slightly lowering the fun, but not taking yeah. the. It's not more taking the that because yes, the 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 lunch dinner. I will 100 percent agree with you. That took the fun out. You know what? It might have been lip service. But I feel like it would have been better for lunch and dinner to even just tagging somebody's name on it, you know? Yeah. Like, Hondo's mm-hmm. favorite beef pot roast. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's probably, it's probably hard to believe that Hondo prefers beef to, to whatever else, but that would, that would keep something. And then you could have some sort of backstory to the beef pot roast. You know, why does Hondo have a favorite beef pot roast well hondo you know this was cooked for him by da 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 insert thing here which by the way i don't think when we talked about uh when we talked about my visit we didn't talk about the ridiculous amount of time that i spent waiting to go into the the bar there what is it called ogus cantina there we go yeah because at some point it it somebody got confused and i checked in and then my name disappeared from the list which was awesome cool so, you know, we made our way to the front of the, the line and they kept, so even though there's a line out there, the line is all people who have checked in. And even though you're in a line, you may not be taken in the order that the line is in. Like they're going to come out and call people as they have availability. And so we made it up to the front and I was sitting there talking with the, with, uh, you know, the, the cast member at the front and we said, st- we sat there for a long time and finally she's like, what is your last name? And I told her and she looked and she's like, uh, let me go check on something for you. And shortly thereafter, we got to be seated. But in the meantime, you know, she's telling me all about how, you know, Oga's got her finger in everything around here. And, you know, they have the special milk that only Hondo can get. And she's not saying, but she's just saying maybe there's a little something more to Hondo and Oga's relationship, because when Oga needs milk, suddenly Hondo has milk and you know, this milk seems to be really hard to get until Hondo goes to get milk. And just like the amount of, of, and, and this was a, this was an extended interaction with a cast member and just the story that had been built up, you know, over something seemingly small, right. Was, was awesome. So to be able to, to keep it even at tugs overnight oats allows for some story to be b- and I know I, I fully recognize it sounds ludicrous to say build a story around overnight oats, but you can build a story around overnight oats because Tug mm-hmm. likes overnight oats for for whatever uh, reason it is. So right. I'm I am much less frustrated and upset by this. The other thing that I think so there is some clarification going on here. There's also the fact that like the over I think the I know the overnight oats were changed. I think maybe the other two were changed slightly as well. So it may also be a way of keeping people from being upset because I I ordered the Rising Sun's morning uh, a month ago and I got this and then I ordered the Rising Sun's morning again and I get something that's different. 
Well, no, you ordered the Rising Sun's morning before, and now you ordered the Rising Sun's breakfast platter. So that's why there's a slight differentiation to what you're getting. So I could see, I don't know that that's actually the reason, um, and I'm not sold that's actually the reason, but I could see that being part of the reason, you know? I don't know. I think you're right. And, and you know I hate saying, you know, I hate it when you're right. Every so, ever so much, yes. I, I've heard you, like, I, I did hear a, a blood vessel pop over this audio medium as you had to say those words, so. But, yeah, so Galaxy's Edge, more, you know, the menus are, are clearer now. That is, that is at least something good. Disney has also announced, speaking of Star Wars, that when... The Rise of Skywalker comes out in December on the 20th. Star Tours will be updated with locations from that movie, which I think is awesome. I, the, one, one of the things that, you know, when we were talking about Soren, one of the things that we said was make it like Star Tours and have kind of a more random journey to go on. And this is one of my favorite things about Star Tours is the fact that you can just add locations and, and stuff and not negatively affected at all like not really even affected at all you're just making the ride better and more dynamic uh i know when claire and i were in disneyland for our anniversary i think they added a scene from the force awakens but they added that before the movie came out and as a as a full media blackout person for star wars movies uh, I didn't like that as much because I didn't really want to experience any locations from a movie I hadn't seen yet. Uh, as it turned out, it was fine. Uh, but this one, since it's since it's a uh, day and date with the movie launch, uh, I'm good with that. But this is just one of the things that makes Star Tours great is the just the ease of which they can just pop in a scene or two and and be done. And this is the this is the update to Star Tours that happened quite a while back, admittedly, but this is the update continuing to pay dividends, right? right? Because there was a time when Star Tours was all film and you couldn't do these sorts of things. You know, you weren't going to suddenly go right. splice in a new scene every other every other ride or, you know, go load new reels or whatever the case may be. But being all digital the way that it is, you can, you know, give it the the random the scene randomizer and then you can suddenly add a new scene like you said day and date or even ahead of time um and i do remember when what i guess it was the force awakens came out the two things about that to me that scene didn't make as much sense Mm -hmm. without the movie and kind of like it lost something to to see that scene out of it you know like out of context and then the other thing, yeah, there you go. Out of that's the words that I'm. Thank you. You're finding a yeah. lot of words that I'm looking yeah. for or avoiding tonight. The other thing that I will caution against is even after you've seen the movie, right? Th- this is going to show up on YouTube, yeah, probably pretty shortly. In fact, I would I would argue on December twentieth, you will be able to see this new scene um, filmed from you know the the first right. row, the second row, the third, all the rows, all the positions. Uh, in Star Tours, I would recommend against watching it simply because I remember watching the Force Awakens scene that got added and being like, meh. But at the same time, I, I do pretty clearly remember couching that with, but I'm not experiencing it right. as part of the ride. 
And so I wonder if that's not it. And that was totally what the problem was. Outside of the ride, it was kind of boring and didn't really make any sense. Inside of the ride, and it was a great addition. And if they they did with the Force Awakens one, they will basically make this a part of everyone's ride. So they, it, when the Force Awakens one came out, I think the second location you went to every time was the Batu scene. Or not Batu, uh, uh, Jaku is that the Force Awakens? Anyway, uh, the whatever the uh, Ray's home planet in the Force Awakens, they made sure that that one was always in your ride, and so I'm sure they'll do that for some period of time with this one. Is make sure everyone experiences the right. You'll get a random one and three, right. but two everyone is going to be experience a fix. the new thing, which I, I I think is fine. You know that that makes sure everybody has the, the experience can... that. Maybe they're coming to, but again, the beauty of Star Tours it, with the new digital way they do it is you still get two thirds random. Can can we do? Can we discuss the one thing about as much as I love the random, I want the random to continue. Do not do anything to the random. Is it a little so? Our my last ride on Star Tours, this last trip, I don't remember exactly which scenes I got, but I distinctly remember that I got a scene that was from episode seven or eight right because it was the the ship designs and everything were first mm-hmm. order right and then my final scene was from like episodes one through three because it had the you, you remember the the yellow ship with the with the engines on either side of it and then and then it like crashes through your your windshield and the little the little single-eyed robots like it's it's sitting there on the end of the the note anyway so I had season, you know, I had say episode seven and then like switch to episode one or episode two. And that was just a, it was a Mm -hmm. little bit weird to me. Like I almost wish that, and and this, I, I realize this is probably asking for too much, but I almost wish that they had a couple of scenes to pick from, if not each episode, at least each arc. So that, you know, you would get randomized, you know, it, but if the first, if the first deal came from episode three, you were only going to get stuff from one, two or three for the next two sections. Do they do that? No, they don't. That's what I'm saying. Like I ended up with a episode seven mixed into an episode, like starting in seven and ending right. in okay. one or I something thought, like I that. I thought you were saying they did that. And Okay. No, no, they don't do that. I'm saying right. I would kind of yes. like for them to do that because... But at the same time, I also realize for 95 to 97% of people, they don't notice that if there's any, you know, they don't notice, oh, look, we just jumped way back in, in the, in canon for this last scene. So it probably is a really stupid thing to complain about. And again, if, if the other option would be, you know, like a fixed one, two, three from a, from a single section. I would much rather have the randomized. I mean, the the conceit of the, you know, Star Tours with the uh, accidentally or, or not accidentally going into hyperdrive and kind of traveling between these universes, I feel like gives them a little bit of a pass on that. But I do, I do see what you're saying where it's, it can be a little bit, it can be a little bit, uh, 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 I, I, jarring i'm i'm okay with them throwing whatever for the shape for the sake of randomization but i don't give them my pass on on warp speed suddenly 
suddenly, you know, moving to an entirely different, entirely different place in time, unless they decide to redo it and Doctor Who is now our our driver, and then I'll allow for all the timey wiminess. But outside of that, J.J. Abrams Star Trek. No, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm I'm not gonna simply just pretend like it's not a thing. I can say that it's not a thing that I'm going to let bother me, and I and I'm okay with with saying that. Every once in a while, I'm okay with saying that. I think last week Disney uh, showed off the trailer for their new uh, Imagineering documentary on Disney+. Plus. It's called The Imagineering Story. It comes out on November 12th, which is day and date with Disney+. Plus. And basically, it's a behind-the-scenes look at Imagineering. This documentary is going to be worth at least a month of Disney+, Plus because this looks crazy it's six one hour long episodes and it i mean the the trailer has joe Rody and uh, a whole bunch of like really famous imagineers and like there's so much stuff there's like a, a twenty thousand leagues capsule demo unit that's person powered and in one of the scenes behind joe Rody, you can see the uh what's a beaker and bunsen uh on their little Segway thing from the Muppets under plastic, like so they're just being stored there, uh, and it's it's incredible. Like I I cannot wait. I'm excited for uh, all the movies. You know, being able to watch all these Disney movies, I've already paid for three years of it up front. <laughs> uh, but I mean this this documentary is exactly the type of thing that I want from Disney, and it's directed. By Leslie Iwerks, which is that Ub's daughter? Ub Iwerks' daughter? I do not I do not know, but I kind of wondered the same thing when I saw that. But it said that Leslie Iwerks was also responsible for the Pixar story, which was a great uh documentary as well. So Yeah. When I heard that Disney was doing a streaming service. She is the daughter of Disney legend Don Iwerks and granddaughter of Ub Iwerks. And Ub Iwerks was like there you go. he and Walt did the first uh animations like ub was ub was there at the beginning but yeah when i heard that disney was doing a streaming service this is exactly what i wanted them to do take imagineering which is pretty famously a closed up place where you can you know you can go on tours of of disney imagineering but i don't feel like they do a lot of filmed documentary type things and so I, I'm, I'm so excited. My, my, uh, <laughs> what am I trying to say? My expectations are so wildly high for this that I'm afraid I might be disappointed, but I hope I'm not. I hope it's, I hope it's everything that I think it's going to be. Cause just that, that trailer got me very excited. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly the, the sort of thing. And, and it, to be honest at first, I had I had, uh, kind of join us together with the uh, the one day at Disney, you know the the deal where you where they're going to follow oh, like yeah. different cast yeah, yeah. members around and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. also looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But again, how exciting! This is two things that look really good and really fun to watch, <laughs> that are different. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's funny that you said you know it's worth a month because right. yeah, it's seven dollars a month. So a lot of stuff is going to be worth a month. And like you, I'm one of the suckers who signed up for three years right out of the bat, you know, right out, 
right from the start, but I also don't know that that like clearly they aren't starting out with all the content, right? It's you don't get you don't get access to every film Disney's ever done straight from day one. They've already announced all the stuff mm-hmm. that'll be there on day one, and it's definitely a small chunk. I noticed the good dinosaur is going to be on there, so I know you're excited for that. Oh man, Jeremy. my favorite movie. <laughs> but at the same time, they're going to have, I think, enough stuff, and the continuing to add stuff makes me wonder if, like, do you legitimately think in three years this is still going to be six ninety nine? Because I don't know that I do. I don't see. Here's the thing, though. Because Netflix has been going up in price, Hulu's been going up in price. Has any? Well, no, I guess Hulu did go down in price with the for the with ads, yes. even though everything else has gone up in price. But, but here's the thing: this is the same thing with Spotify versus Apple Music. Spotify's whole business is to make money from streaming music. Apple does not need to make money from Apple Music. They will, and they do, but they do not need to. Apple could. Change, switch Apple Music to five bucks a month and just lose loads of money on it and still be the you know most valuable company in the world or whatever. Disney does not need to make money on Disney Plus. They have plenty of revenue streams. They do not need to make money on this. And so I think that they can leave it at seven bucks a month for as long as they want. You know, they're going to continue to make hundreds of millions of dollars from every Marvel movie you know, in every Pixar movie. Like, and so the, I know it's different. Apple has one P&L statement. So they, their profit and loss doesn't work the way normal companies do. I know Disney has different P&Ls and they're, they're calculating profit and loss. But as a whole, Disney does not need to make money on this. Disney can make, Disney can charge less and make less to get people in and make it up in volume in a way that Netflix can't afford to. Netflix has to make money on streaming video that's their only business and they're pumping huge amounts of money into these original movies and original tv shows and they don't have another distribution method for them so they are literally pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into original content hoping that that will get more and more people to give them $13 a month or whatever it is now, or for people to continue to give them $13 a month in light of Disney having a service that costs $7. And the more Netflix has to raise its rate and the more Disney keeps theirs at $7 a month, Disney Plus is already nearly half what Netflix charges. Another dollar or two in the Netflix column and Disney Plus is half. And they're going to have original content and they have the entire Disney catalog available. So I f- fully believe that as long as they need to, and as long as it is, vi- like it is, I don't know, as long as, it, as it's a, as a big selling point, I think that they'll leave it at $7 for a long time. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't, why do you, why do you think they're going to switch it from seven? Because they can? Yes, because it's Disney and, when Disney sees everybody else around them making money, Disney goes, yeah, money. We like money. Let's go ahead and get some more money. So how long so do you think when, they would leave it at $7? I mean, I could see them I, definitely a year, possibly even two years. I just think by year three, it's going to start getting a little iffy as to whether or not it's going to stay see, at $7. I would say five years minimum. Ooh, you think so? Because I think after year three, they're going to have everybody up for renewal. 
and they might want to just go ahead and and that that could be the time where they could start to milk this. Well, but see, my because a lot of people have gotten used to having it by that. My point. thought on that is you. So everybody thought, okay, seven seven dollars a month or seventy bucks a year. I'm in. And then Disney said, yeah, but if you sign up for three years in advance as a D23 member, which you could just become for free and not worry about it, uh, we'll do 150 bucks. And so everyone was like, great, you know, that's 20 bucks a year less. That's awesome. And it is. And I, I fully am happy that I paid that. But I think that that $7 a month, $70 a year is still in people's brains as what Disney Plus costs. And if they go, okay, year three, everyone is, you know, stuck with it now. Let's change it to 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year. I think people are still going to be in the mindset that Disney Plus is $7, you know, 7 slash 70. And so I think that they would need to, after year three, when all these three years in advance people are coming up for renewal, leave it at the 7 slash 70 price for a, a year or two because the everybody, you know, they made such a huge deal when they announced it, about $7 a month. And I, I think that's going to stick in people's heads. It it has mine. I know I paid 150 up front for for three years, but I'm I'm fully you know I'm still sitting here thinking, okay, but I'm still going to pay 70 bucks a year after that. So I don't I don't I don't know that they could just go ahead and do the the three year thing. I think they need to give it more because people who would know how to go in and pay you know who would know how to go in and become a Disney or a D23 member and then go in and pay for that, you know, founder circle, whatever, 150 bucks. Those people are still going to remember in three years, hey, this was supposed to be 70 bucks per year after that. And I think they'll be mad if, if it's not, if it's more than that. And again, Disney doesn't have to do that. And I think that it's worth more, and I'm not a businessman, but I think it's worth more to have people come off of that three years going, wow, what a great service. And it's only 70 bucks a year after that? Like, that's crazy. So I, I feel like that's worth more than, than making a little bit more money right away. So I completely agree with you. But the only, the only thing I want to bring up is, what if in three years from now, Jeremy, I, Disney doesn't say it's now $10, but Disney says it's now $8. And look how much more content you get than you got three, like three years ago, you had a third of the content that was available to you. Now it is, you know, 33% more and we're only asking for it. It's only another dollar. That's all that it is, is another dollar a month or $80 a year. Are you really going to, I just, I, I feel like that, like, it's not going to be. It's not going to be a huge jump, but I think these little jumps are going to come. I to get them up there. I totally agree. Um, and if they hadn't... You're, it, I feel, it feels like we're just differing on timing, if, basically. If they hadn't done this three years up front for 150 bucks, or I think it's 180 bucks now, you can still do three years up front. It's slightly more without the D23 uh, membership. Early discount yeah. or whatever, yeah. But if they hadn't decided to do pay for three years up front and get a pretty huge discount, they could do that at any time. But I think they've kind of locked themselves into five years at this price point. 
to hang on to the people who took them up on the, you know, the discount up front. But yeah, I, I mean, they're, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But here's they'll the definitely they'll definitely raise the price. Uh, I just I feel better about it because they don't have to because this is not their sole revenue stream the way that it is for Netflix and and to a certain extent Hulu. No, but if they if they keep bringing out content like and, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, maybe most people won't care, but I think a lot of people will. Bringing out more content like this uh this imagineering thing. Like that is going to be the kind of stuff that's really going to allow them to continue to get people the 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 back catalog is great and isn't is it's definitely going to keep people as well but the thing that'll keep people coming back is stuff like this and stuff like the Mandalorian and you know all the new Marvel that's the stuff that's going to keep people coming back so i'm i'm excited to see all the new stuff that this is going to open up for Disney to bring and do you do you truly okay so my my thought let me let me preface this question i don't think people care much about the original content I don't think I don't think most people who are buying who are going to buy Disney Plus, most regular people care about the original content. You're getting mostly people who want access to the Disney catalog, who want to watch Aladdin and who want to watch The Lion King and Hercules and and those kind of classic Disney movies. And the the original content is a nice value add, but I I feel like a lot of these subscription dollars they're getting are based heavily on their massive back catalog. I agree that's what it's what it is starting out, but I don't know that's going to that's going to continue to drive this. But it you know kind of like with with Netflix. Did most did most people sign up for Netflix for original content? No. But, you know, why are you still sign why are you still signed up for Netflix? Well, maybe it's because You've got to catch the, you know, you've got to stay up to date on Stranger Things or you've got to stay up to date on Nailed It or I don't, I don't know. What is, what is, what is Netflix? No, I, I see what you're original. saying now. But I think that is the, that is the kind of stuff that's going to, that's the kind of stuff that keeps people on because otherwise after, you know, a year, after a couple of months, yeah, you're kind of tired of Disney movies and maybe you drop it for six months and then you come back. And that's the way a lot of streaming content works. Um, but you know, I think that optimally you want people to stay on your streaming content. And that's, and that's exactly why they're, you know, like the Mandalorian, they're not dropping that all at one time, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to drop it one. It's a, it's a weekly thing. And they're going to be doing that with other content as well. The idea being, we want this to be stuff that number one, you can't just, you can't sign up for one month and get like the day that it drops. You could do that after the fact, but are you going to be able to wait? and? You can't guarantee that you're, you know, that everything is, but if they can just get a thing or two things out of their original content that become the kind of stuff where, you know, you go to the office and you talk about it at some point in the next week, well, then somebody's got to sign, you know, because then I've got to sign up because I want to see what happens in the Mandalorian before somebody in the office tells me all about it right. or before I overhear two people talking about it. And I'm like, well, shoot, now it's all ruined for me because now I already know what's going to happen. Right. And that, to me, that's the kind of stuff that, that gets people stuck in a, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but uh, yeah, the initial thing I think is the back catalog. What's going to cause people to stay 
is going to be the the content that, as you said, uh, right now is more of a uh, value add. Yeah, I guess I just feel like it's different for Disney movies. And maybe that's because I'm, you know, 30 and I grew up with these movies and I can see myself paying for this as essentially a lease for the, you know, Disney Renaissance, the 90s Disney Renaissance movies. And I don't, you know, I get what you're saying about people get sick of watching Disney movies, but you know, I don't know if they do. I think I think there's a bit of a a bit of a a different thing with Disney and I don't and and it may be because I'm I'm biased. I I already have, you know, I have love for this company. I heck, we've done a podcast about it for 6 years. Um so I I have a bit of a bias, but I don't know. It, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because yeah, Stranger Things is a good show and yes that does keep people subscribed to netflix um nailed it is a great show you know orange is the new black is obviously very popular but i don't know that people are going to subscribe to netflix in 10 years saying they want to watch stranger things but i can see people subscribing to disney plus in 10 years saying oh my gosh you have to see the Lion King. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I, d- I definitely see what you're saying, but, you know, I don't know that when they made The Lion King, they thought that that was going to be the case, or Cheers, or The Office, or, yeah. you know, to, because, because not, all, not all of it's going to be the... I don't, I don't really know that the movie content that's made exclusively, exclusively for the service is going to be the stuff that sticks, mm-hmm. but some of the what some of some of the other content could be i i don't know we'll just have to see i will be interested to see how this service because man we've got hbo max we've got peacock there's netflix already hulu 18 you know everybody's got a, a stinking streaming service so it'll be interesting to see how these uh how these streaming services all shake out and if disney plus is is different than the rest but I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. And you can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, have a magical day. Bye.